Dolphin Show. Hey, welcome back, guys, to another Back Road Dolphin Show. It is me. It's Bark. First off, I want to say thank you for the listens. The show has started out much, much better uh, listens-wise than I expected it to in the early going. So thank you guys for that. Also, I hope everyone's staying safe, healthy, yada yada. Hopefully you like getting your mind off of it like I do. So that's what we're going to do today is get our minds off of this thing with a seven-round mock draft. Okay, now as far as the seven-round mock draft goes, this is really essentially essential. Ha! Ha! The Dolphins are essential. You are essential. I am essential. These draft picks are essential. So Miami holds the most picks in the draft at 14 after being awarded some compensation picks. And we need roughly $13.5 million to sign all of these picks. Uh, Looking through the draft, not the draft, the cap space leaders in the league currently, it looks like we have roughly $22 million that we have left to spend. If you, you know, if, if the fact that $13 million is what it's going to take to sign our draft picks, that leaves us roughly $9 million to work with as far as in-season signings or post-June cut signings. Uh, but there is a way we can save $10 million really quickly off the rip and inflate our cap number back to about 32, and then in turn, what I say is 13 million to sign our other picks. So essentially, give us what 19 million dollars to spend. 10 million dollars could be acquired right now by cutting Albert Wilson. Now, Albert Wilson is a guy that I was really high on when Miami signed him. I knew that he was one of those guys that just didn't get quite the chance to perform in Kansas City like he could on a different team. Much like Chris Conley of the Jacksonville Jaguars last season had one of his best seasons ever, and that was after leaving Kansas City. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense because Patrick Mahomes makes guys look good, but for some reason, that third option in Kansas City is not a big-time fantasy producer. You got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, that's about where it ends. Mahomes supports those guys, and then he sprinkles it around to everyone else. And, of course, the running backs catch a lot of passes. So I kind of knew that Albert Wilson, which I believe he came, he didn't even get a play with Patrick Mahomes, but I knew that Albert Wilson could have a chance to explode in Miami. Injuries have kept that from happening. And $10 million on a guy like Albert Wilson, even at his best, is a little bit much. So to me, it's a no-brainer to cut Albert Wilson Free up that $10 million. You could essentially lose Albert Wilson and have almost enough money to sign your entire draft class. That alone speaks volumes to me as to why we need to cut Albert Wilson, regardless of whether we think he can become that guy in the slot for us or not. $10 million is a lot to pay any wide receiver that's not a number one or a high-profile number two. So Albert Wilson needs to be cut first and foremost. I really hope to see Miami do this. Give yourself some cap room. Give yourself the money to sign these draft picks just by releasing one player. So, that being said, I'm going to go into this seven-round mock draft with the assumption that Miami lets go of Albert Wilson, 
even if they don't, it wouldn't change my seven round mock draft too much. But hey, let's dive right in. This is, again, more of a wish list for me. And I'm glad that that I get to do that this week because there really is not much news. Miami has not made any other free agent signings. Nothing is really happening except for players talking about how they wanted to play for Flores. All the free agent signings all wanted to play for Flores, all wanted to be a team player. Uh, Writings on the wall now, the stories about Minka Fitzpatrick last season are coming out a little more. Uh, The fact that he, which we knew this then, but there's more details coming about how he did not want to be a versatile guy. He wanted to be put in one position on the field and succeed in it. Brian Flores, that's not what he's doing with his team. He wants versatility. He wants guys that are willing to play any position. That's part of the reason Shaq Lawson's here, Ted Karras. The re- that's that's a lot of the reason. Those guys are willing to play multiple positions. Kyle Van Noy. You may see some of these names and think that, that they're not high profile, but we're going for players that are willing to do what's asked on this team. And I love that style of coaching. So I kept that in mind when I did this seven-round mock draft and really, really look forward to at least a few of these names landing on Miami's roster, hopefully. Okay, so obviously we all know that we have pick 105, and a lot of folks are hoping that Tua falls to 105. I'm one of them. I'm perfectly happy drafting Tua. I don't want to give up draft capital to move up and grab Tua because of the injury concerns. So to me, if we use 105 on Tua without getting rid of 18 or 26, even if Tua is an injury concern in his career, we still have that 18th and 26th pick to hedge our bets on from the 2020 NFL draft. Tua alone being an injury risk, if that comes to fruition, is not the the whole enchilada for a busted draft. When you have three picks, one of those guys can bust, and it'll be fine. Granted, we don't want Tua to bust. We want him to play well. We want him to stay healthy, assuming that he makes it to us at five. We don't want Tua to bust. We're just saying, why give up more draft capital when there is a risk? So pick 105, I do want to see Miami draft Tua. That's saying if nothing crazy happens, Burrow, as planned, goes to Cincinnati at 101. Give me Tua at five. I am perfectly happy with that. If somebody leapfrogs us for Tua, I am perfectly happy with Justin Herbert as well at pick five. I can't say that there's any other quarterback that I'm super comfortable with at five, but I I will not throw catch-up packets at the TV if it is Jordan Love. So the name of the game for me, unless it's for Burrow, stay put at 105, draft a quarterback, One of those guys are going to be there. We will get a franchise quarterback at pick five, no matter what. There is no scenario where Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Jordan Love go one, two, three, and four. It's just not going to happen. Maybe three of the four go, but one of those guys are going to be there at five for us. I do hope it's Tua because if healthy, to me, he's the best quarterback in the draft. Now at pick 118, We sunk some money into the offensive line and free agency, but we are by no means done. So at pick 118, 
I would like to see Miami add Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC, a very high-profile offensive line prospect, but not projected to go in the top 15. So 18 should be a perfect spot to land his services. There should be no reason why he goes any earlier than us at 18, but I do see most of the tackles that are projected in the top 15. I do believe they will all be gone. So Austin Jackson is going to be the pick of the litter there at 18. That's who I hope we take. Now, I do have option B for every pick in this draft. So my option B would be Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. A fine consolation prize if we bypass on tackle as Xavier McKinney is the best safety prospect in the draft, and safety is an area of need for this Miami Dolphins team. Then we go to 1-2-6. Round 1, pick 26. It is J.K. Dobbins. This is actually the exact pick that I want to see happen at 26. If not J.K. Dobbins, I'll be okay with DeAndre Swift. We did sign Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard is a committee back. Yes, he can handle the load. He could be a three-down back, I believe. He's not the best pass catcher, but I think he could surprise. So Jordan Howard, yes, he could be a three-down back, but we don't have any depth behind Jordan Howard. So why not draft Dobbins or Swift? Dobbins, obviously, if we draft him, probably becomes the primary ball carrier within a few games into the season. DeAndre Swift, I think you could go a straight 50-50 split, him and Howard, and really utilize those two at a maximum capacity. J.K. Dobbins, however, if he's the pick, I think he's the guy that we give the ball to at least 65% of the time with Jordan Howard ringing in around 30 and sprinkle the other guys in for five if you have to, I guess. J.K., DeAndre, one of those guys I'll be ecstatic. We move on to round two. Round two, pick seven, my preferred guy right here, and I've got two of them that I am very, very split on. Now remember, at pick 118, Xavier McKinney was my option B. So I'm going to go all option A as far as what I want. So this may seem a little funny, but pick seven in the second round, Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. Granted, you know, if something happens and we get Xavier McKinney, Delpit probably isn't the smartest pick at 2.7, but I'm assuming we draft a tackle at, eight, at pick 18. So Grant Delpit would be the guy that I would go after at, at 2.7 and fill another position of need for Miami. Option B there, I think Denzel Mims is a guy that has really rose up a lot of draft boards. I think he's well worth a second-round draft pick. This guy has... Calvin Johnson-like potential. Now, don't take me wrong. I know at the Combine, they were really talking about him looking Calvin Johnson-ish and putting up the kind of numbers at the Combine. I'm not basing that comparison off the Combine. I'm basing it off tape. Denzel Mims looks like an unstoppable force at wide receiver. We could use a guy like that. We've got Devontae Parker, who's a possession guy who can go up and get it. Denzel Mims can do that too, but he's also fast as hell. So Denzel Mims, my option B there, but Grant Delpit would be a great get at 2.7, assuming we don't draft a safety before then. Now, we also have another second-round pick, 
24, 24th overall in the second round. This one comes into play if Albert Wilson is gone, and it's Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. This is the perfect slot guy for Miami. This is a high upside, high ceiling, get the ball and go kind of slot receiver. He has he has more ability than just a slot receiver, but he is the perfect slot receiver in this draft. This is a guy that I would love to see fall into Miami's lap. I don't know if he makes it to the 24th pick in round two. I kind of think he goes before then, but at the same time, I think there's a chance that he's still there with guys like Denzel Mims rising up the board. LaVisca Chenault could go higher than him. There's a few other guys, uh, Jalen Rager, who I wouldn't be surprised to see picked before Brandon Ayuk. So I am holding out hope that maybe somehow we grab Brandon Ayuk in the second round at pick 24. Option B there would be Lucas Niang, right tackle out of Tennessee. He's got first-round talent, but injury concerns, well, injuries in general, have derailed his draft stock a little bit. But this is a guy we could put on the offensive line at right tackle immediately. As long as he's healthy, he's going to produce at, at least early second-round value for us on the offensive line. On to round three. Round three, we have the sixth pick in round three. Jordan Elliott is my guy, defensive lineman out of Missouri. Uh, he's kind of a do-it-all lineman. We could probably move him around on the line, and he would produce some big results for us. And we do need another D lineman. We drafted some rushers. The interior of that defensive line, we've got Devon Godshaw, but he's a free agent next year. So it would definitely be good to have a guy to groom in place of him. Jordan Elliott is a guy that could fit the mold. As a option B, uh, Jonathan Grenard, edge rusher out of Florida. Yes, we got Shaq Lawson. Yes, we got Kyle Van Noy. We still need more. So... I would like to see us come out of this draft with at least uh, at least two edge rushers and a D-lineman. We'll see what happens. But Jonathan Grenard, he's my option B there. Now, they only have one pick in round three. Moving on to round four, where they also only have one pick, and it is a compensatory pick. I looked at this pick and thought it was the perfect landing spot for Josiah Scott, uh, cornerback out of Michigan State. So... He's a nickel corner. Now, we have one of those in Bobby McCain that we transitioned to the safety position where he played fairly well. I don't want to sink too many high draft picks into safety when I do believe Bobby McCain can get the job done. So if we have McCain, we have Grant Delpit, let's replace McCain at that nickel spot and bring in Josiah Scott. I think that would be an excellent option and he is a high upside nickel corner with ceiling for more. Option B there, J.R. Reed, safety out of Georgia. So we're assuming that we bypass on Josiah Scott at the cornerback position at the nickel guy. Let's grab J.R. Reed, put him in as a starting safety, and then move McCain back to that nickel spot. So this this pick goes both ways. It's it's McCain in the slot or McCain at the nickel or McCain at safety. Either way, whatever guy is drafted, McCain's still a starter, and I think this benefits Miami's defense greatly if we focus that compensatory pick on a defensive backfield position. All right, moving on to round five. We've got 
Seven and eight. It's nice to have those back-to-back -back picks. We have seven, eight, and 27. So three picks in the fifth round. At 5.7, I have Thaddeus Moss, tight end out of LSU. Yes, we have Mike Gusecki. We have Durham Smythe. But this could be a high-profile, high-octane offensive system in the future if we do get a guy like Tua. And having a guy like Thaddeus Moss, who is not his father, he is a mid-tier prospect, but he does have upside. He has looked pretty good at LSU. He could be a guy that transitions better to the pros, and I wouldn't mind having Thaddeus Moss on the team in case the Gusecki season from last season, the Gusecki season from last season, look at that, two seasons in one. In case last year's Mike Gusecki is a mirage, it would be nice to have a guy that could potentially step up and play some snaps in that Miami offense. Option B, Anthony McFarlane, running back out of Maryland. This is a good change of pace guy, no matter if we draft a running back in round one or not. Anthony McFarlane is a bit of a game breaker. He can be a guy that we could throw in. He's Health is his issue too. He's had injury history, but we could throw him in uh, to spell either of those top two running backs, and, and we have uh, home run capability out of this guy. Anthony McFarlane, check the tape. Dude is fast as hell on tape. He didn't exactly perform fast as hell at the combine, but with pads on, he can get upfield in a hurry. I love Anthony McFarlane. Would love to see him land on the team as a potential game breaker. 5.8, we have Charlie Heck, offensive tackle out of North Carolina. A beast of a man at 6'8", 3, We need offensive linemen in troves. So the fact that we've signed some in free agency, the fact that we've already drafted one here, that's I'm okay with it. We need more. So Charlie Heck... This is a guy that can just simply take up space on that offensive line, and he is another high upside prospect. Not a lot of people were talking about him coming into the draft because he's out of that North Carolina system that's a little less viewed than those other ACC teams. But Charlie Heck is a heck of an offensive lineman. Oh, God, that was cheesy. And uh, my option B there, going to be a surprise, James Morgan, quarterback out of Florida International University. I still want Miami to go into this thinking that Tua is an injury risk. So if we lay in Tua like we did in this mock draft, let's grab another guy. Josh Rosen is very likely to be traded, in my opinion, or not on this team in another year. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he could retire next season. We need more than just Tua. Tua alone is not going to be Tua and Jake Rudock? No. James Morgan, we have three fifth rounders. It's basically gimme picks. This is all upside. Draft James Morgan, go with the Washington Redskins playing where they went RG3 and Cousins. And if if Tua ends up being RG3 and gets hurt, we've got our cousins in James Morgan to follow up right behind it. All right, so the last pick in round five, it's 27. 27 overall in round five. I've got Kendall Vildor. Kendall Vildor. Vildor? Is that how? Is it Kendall Vildor? Vil? Vil? You, do you try the Vil? Vildor? Okay, Kendall Vildor, cornerback, Georgia Southern. This is a uh, small school prospect that could end up paying big dividends for us as well. I love taking late round gambles on the small school guys because 
Sometimes they end up having first-round talent, but they got overlooked because of where they played. Vildor's a pretty solid cornerback, and we need depth there as well, even if we do draft one. Option B, I'm going right back over to the safety side with Josh Metellus, safety out of Michigan. And then with that, we're moving on to round six. Only one pick in round six, and I am going with one of my favorite guys in the draft. He's basically a Devontae Parker clone, and I'm okay having two Devontae Parkers. That's fine. It's going to be Antonio Golden Gandy out of Liberty. This is a guy that can go up and get it. It would give us two big red zone targets on the outside and him and Devontae Parker. And at six, at the sixth pick in the round six of the 2020 NFL draft, why not go after another small school kid that produced big? He looked like a man among, amongst boys at Liberty. Now, granted, he has separation issues. He's not the fastest, but we've seen guys like this come into the league before and still produce. Possession receivers, to me, are going to be very important in this offense. So why not grab an Antonio Golden Gandy and just hope for the best? As my B on this one, uh, Aaron Fuller, wide receiver out of Washington, he's another slot guy. So essentially, I'd like to see two, two big possession guys and two slot guys on this team that could make some noise. And I think Aaron Fuller could make some noise in the Miami offense coming out of Washington. A little bit of uneven quarterback play over the years, so maybe if he gets in with a guy like Tua, Aaron Fuller could eventually shine for the Finns. All right, moving on to round seven. We have three picks in round seven as well. Granted, two of them are very late picks, but with the 13th pick in round seven, I went Khalil Davis, defensive lineman out of Nebraska, high upside, big dude, can move, can move the line. I really like him and think he would fit what we do in Miami. Uh, option B, Malcolm Roach, uh, defensive lineman out of Texas. Defensive line, this is where we could grab some depth, guys. Round seven, one of those two guys should be solid depth, uh, especially if we lose Devon Godshaw. It gives us a year to develop one of these guys. Moving on to the 32nd pick in round seven, Tremaine Ankrum, offensive lineman out of Clemson. Yes, I'm taking another offensive lineman here. Our offensive line is just that weak. We have to sink multiple picks in to see if we can build not only a good O-line, but a good O-line with good depth. We know an injury is going to happen on the line each and every year, almost inevitable. So let's build it up to where we don't have to focus on it in the 2021 NFL Draft. Moving on, I have no option B. It's so late in the draft, I'm not giving an option B on the 32nd pick in round seven. So instead, I'll just move on to the last pick, Miami's last pick, 37th pick in round seven, Derek Dillon, LSU, wide receiver. This is just one of those dart throw guys for me. Uh, LSU had Jefferson, they had Chase, they had Thaddeus Moss, they had a lot of weapons, and Derek Dillon just kind of, got lost in the shuffle with those guys. So it's a it's a case of where he could be a better pro coming out of a pro-style offense with Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Maybe he gets a shot and he ends up being a seventh-round gym. I don't want to use that pick on just anyone. I want to try to find a diamond in the rough. And to me, Derek Dillon could be a diamond in the rough. So there we go. Let's, let's divvy it up. So I've got two... 
I won't say two quarterbacks because I had uh, James Morgan as an option B. <clears throat> so we get our quarterback. We get one offensive lineman, two offensive linemen, three offensive linemen, four offensive linemen. So there's the tally. Four offensive linemen, which I think is fair out of 14 picks, considering it's a position of need. I've got us getting one running back, though I'd like to see that be two, but J.K. Dobbins. Uh, defensive backfield, let's see, one safety, one safety. And then as far as cornerbacks, I've got us grabbing one, two, two cornerbacks. Defensive linemen, two, two defensive linemen. Receivers, one, two, three. I've got us taking three wide receivers. But that, again, that's based off cutting uh, Albert Wilson. So that'll be a position of need if that happens. And there you go. There you have it. So seven round Miami mock draft. Let me know on Twitter at backrowfins, F-I-N-S, what picks you hated, what picks you like, and what picks would you make? Is there a certain guy that you have in mind at the seventh pick of round two, the eighth pick of round five? Let me know. Thanks again for all the downloads, the listen. We'll see you guys on the next episode next week.